0: This week, we're starting a a brand new sermon series called Living Our Mission. And so in the last series that we did, I don't know if you guys remember, in week five, we shared a brand new mission statement, and uh, it was authentically love God, humbly serve one another, and intentionally share Christ. And and there's so much to that that um, I wanted to take the next few weeks to, to just kind of Open that up and begin to talk about how we live that out because a mission statement is so important to have because it helps us. It reminds us what we're called to do. Right. But if all our mission statement ever remains as a statement that we say that we recite, it does no good for nobody. And so we want to live into the mission statement that we have. And over the next six weeks, we'll spend two weeks on authentically loving God, two weeks on humbly serving one another, and two weeks on how we intentionally share Christ. This will be the, the more of the how-to. How do, we, how do we live that out into our lives? And, and that's what we want to talk about over the next few weeks. So I'm excited to move forward with all of that. And so... I want to begin with authentically loving God. How do What does it mean, right? Um, and the most important thing that I think that, that we've got to begin with is to look at the word authentic. Now, a few months ago, I preached an authentic series. And so I'm going to go back to just revisiting the definition of authentic. And, and if you have your, your, your phones out and you want to pop out open Google, you can you can do it, but I'll tell you what it says. If you look for the definition of authentic... To, to be authentic, where the word authentic simply is defined as of undisputed origin. right? And so, when we know that the word authentic means it's the, the origin is undisputed, we understand that, that authenticity, then, to be authentic, isn't something that's subjective. right? And, and it's not arbitrary. We can't just say, I'm being me, so I'm being authentic. authentic. Authentic, goes back to, to what the, the, the origin of things were. It's, and, and it's the undisputed origin of it. And so, I want to take you back again to Genesis, which is the undisputed origin that we find in the Word of God, and, and, and look at the relationship that we have with God, and God has with us, as we talk about authentically loving God. In, in, the, in the creation account... And as you read through that, you know what we find? Is we find that God gave purpose and he gave meaning to all of creation. Every, every day that went by, whatever God created, there was purpose and meaning behind it. And at the end of each day, when God looked at what he created, he said it was good. And on the sixth day, when God created Adam and Eve, he created humanity. Man and woman. At the end of that day, there was another word that was added, right? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the sixth day. And so, Adam and Eve was just one part of the whole of creation that made everything that when God was done, very good, right? Right? Sometimes we ascribe Adam and Eve as the reason why it was very good. I think they were the whole of it. They were added to the whole of the rest of creation. But I will tell you that when we look at Scripture, you know what we find? That Adam and Eve are different from the rest of creation. Adam and Eve are special and unique. And if we just look back a few verses from verse 31 in Genesis chapter 1 to verses 27 to 30... There we find this the 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 unique the unique beauty of the relationship that God has with humanity. So looking at verse 27, hear the word of the Lord. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seeds in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts, of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground everything that has breath of life in it i give every green plant for food and it was so wow when i read that again i i I was like man the the purposefulness of god when he created Adam and Eve, is so real and clear and apparent. In, in this account that we just read, Adam and Eve have been set apart and, and, and very, made very different from the rest of creation. God creates Adam and Eve in his own image. Right? That's what it says. Nothing else in the rest of creation was created in the image of God. Only Adam and Eve, they were set apart to be created in the image of God. And no other creature in all of creation had that great privilege. Adam and Eve were created unique, male and female. And they were created that way to fulfill God's divine plan to populate the earth. That's what it says so, right here in the Word of God. And then it says this, and God blessed them. I love that. God blessed them. This word "blessed" is uh, Barak, B A W R A K in English anyway, and um, and and it has the it has the, the the meaning of kneeling down, as if God knelt down and, and like like when you bless when when you with a child and, and you want to make that child special and bring in. It. He didn't he didn't come from high above to bless them. God knelt down. God made it intimate. It was an intimate and beautiful relationship where God blesses them. And then God said, be fruitful and multiply. Begin your ohana. I love that. And start your family. And so there's this, all this intention that is in, in this, this beautiful account. And then we read of God's call and purpose in their lives, right? Rule over the creation that I have created here. This is what I'm creating part of you uh, to have relationship with you, but here's some some things that I need you to do. Rule over the birds and the animals and the fish. This is all for you that I want you to oversee. And then, oh, this is the most amazing thing. God gave them everything that they needed to fulfill his calling, right? Everything that they needed, God provided. And at the very end of this passage of scripture, God turned over all of creation to Adam and Eve. do you, you guys realize that? At the end of all that, he says, you see all of this stuff that we have made in the last six days? Here. Every, every bird's in the sky, every animal, every fish in the sea, every plant. I turn it all over to you. Wow! That's amazing. And God set Adam and Eve apart from the rest of creation. He blessed them. His favor was upon them. And he placed a call in them to fulfill a purpose for which he created them. Now, when when people or things are set apart for God's use, we have a word that we ascribe to that. When you were set apart for God's use, the word that we ascribe to that is holy. Another word we use is sanctified, set apart for God's use. And so when we look at the authentic relationship that God has with his people, they are set apart for God's use Adam and Eve were created to be in a holy relationship with God. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but that's, that's what it is. And this is the authentic relationship that God desires to have with all of humanity, with you and me. We are called to enter into a holy relationship with God, to be set apart for God's use. And so, I want you to know something. In the plan of God, everyone is called. Everyone is called. We're called to be set apart. We're called to this divine relationship where He has a plan for each one of us to live out whatever it is that He's put into our hearts to to live out. And this is the authentic relationship that God desires, a holy relationship built on love and this dynamic relationship that we have with God. And we are called, we are called to authentically love God in this holy relationship. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, Peter reiterates this, this call to holiness. And then he, he adds something else to it that I want to share with you. So we all now understand that we are called into this holy relationship. Therefore, now, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you with Jesus when Jesus is revealed at his coming. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. And so, here Peter teaches us something. And what he shares with us is that our calling is to live into this holy, authentic relationship with God that God desired to have with humanity from the very beginning. And this holiness comes through this word that some people struggle with, obedience, right? It says it right there, as obedient children, don't conform any longer to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, now that you know, but be holy, just as the one who called you is holy. And so today, what I want to contend with you, I want to share with you, is that obedience, this word obedience, I understand, I know you understand, obedience comes to us in in all variety of forms. We are obedient for different reasons, maybe with different people. For some people, you're obedient because you fear them, right? You obey because you fear consequences. For others, they're coerced into obedience, but there's a way that we obey, that God desires, that doesn't come from fear or coercion. God desires our obedience in the same way as if, you have, if you're parents and you have children. In the same way you want your children to obey you. Whenever I ask my, my daughters to either do something or help me with something, it's it's not my desire or my intention for them to go, okay, Dad, and, and fear retribution or punishment, right? That's not what I want. I, I want them to say, no problem, Dad. You know why I want them to say that? Because they love me. Right? I mean, parents, you want your children to obey you, not because they fear you. Sometimes we settle for that, but we shouldn't. <laughs> We want our children to obey us because they love us. And in that same heart, and that same spirit, that's the kind of obedience God desires from us. We obey God, not because we fear punishment, but because we are madly in love with God. And because we love God, we obey. That's why I obey or because I I love her, right? And if you understand that kind of love, man, it's so beautiful to live out that way. In fact, if if you have your Bibles, in John chapter 14, verse 15, it says this. Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, then you're going to obey what I ask of you. And so I will say this. Obedience is the gateway to authentically loving God. When we obey Him, it's really the entryway for us to love God with all of our hearts, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And then, oh, this love relationship that we have with God, it goes deeper. And if you read a little bit further down in John chapter 14, if you look at verse 23... Jesus promises something that Adam and Eve had at the very beginning that we can have as well too. Hear the word of the the Lord in verse 23. Then Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to make, we will come to them and make our home. When we have this loving, obeying relationship with God. We we obey God because we love Him. And then God fulfills our life with purpose. He says, this is what I'm calling you to do. Into this holy relationship where where you're set apart for my use. And then we we do it not because we fear anything, but because we love God so much. We want to live into that. We want to obey that. The Bible tells us. The Bible tells us. That God loves us back. And God and Jesus make their way into our lives. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. They will live in us and through us and with us. The relationship comes by, by God's very presence in us and with us. This is the, this is the beauty of of Jesus being born and being called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the beauty of Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, when Jesus says, where two or three of you come together in my name, I am am there with you. And this also fills into the beauty of Jesus giving us the great commission. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, Jesus says, I will be with you to the very end of the age. The presence of God is with us. And this is something, that I'm, I'm, I'm getting to this exciting thing. When God's presence is in you, you cannot help but be changed. And changed people change others. When God's presence is living in you, you, you you're tra- that's where transformation happens. Where, where else can it happen? Except when God's presence is alive in your life and you love God as an expression of your obedience, He comes in, He lives with you, Here's what I know. I know many of you already understand what I'm talking about because you're experiencing it. You're experiencing that life transformation that God provides when He resides in you. And because you want to be obedient, because you want to love God, you say, yes, Lord, whatever it is that you call me to, I will say yes. And changed people are the ones that change others. And this is the heart of an authentically loving God. He loves people. He changes them. And then for some of them, he places a special call in them. Not just to have a holy relationship with God, but to allow God to form them and shape them and use them to bring others into a loving relationship with him. Wow. And so, with that, I, I talked to Pastor Paul, who's on vacation celebrating his anniversary this week with Alida. I'm so excited for them. Paul, happy anniversary. Enjoy your cruise. I know he's watching. I asked Paul to do a little research for me. And I asked him, who from Mission Church... Have had that kind of life-transforming call, where, where they're living in a holy obedience to God, and they've been changed so much that they've been called to live their lives to change others. And Paul came back with this long list. I should have brought it with me and, and kind of held it up for you, but you know what I did? I pulled out a few of the names of people that many of you know, even our sons and daughters. I've been called in this beautiful way. And so, I want to introduce some of them to you in case you, you don't know. These are some people who have been so changed by God that they're living their lives to change others. Can you guys put the pictures up there for me, please? Everybody know Dave and Christy Johnson? They were a part of our church here. I've not had the pleasure to meet them yet, but I do look forward to one day meeting them. They work with the Wycliffe Bible translators in Ethiopia. This is what happens when you love God so much in obedience. He says, I would like for you to go to Ethiopia and translate the Bible so others can know my word. And, And Dave and Christy being totally changed. Said yes. And now they're changing other people's lives. Can you go to the next slide? This is Dave and Sylvia Potter. Anybody know Dave and Sylvia Potter? I've I've not gotten the chance to meet Dave and Sylvia. But Dave and Sylvia, they're in Vanuatu. And and they're missionaries through the Church of the Nazarene, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, they could be in the comfort of their own home here in San Diego. But they said, God, we, we will do whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to go. And God says, how about Vanuatu? I'm there. And that's where they're at. That's amazing. So good to see. How about this, this, uh, this guy right here? Does anybody know Eric Boogie Rose? Eric yeah. <laughs> Eric Rose uh, was a classmate of mine at Point Loma Nazarene University. And Eric Rose is a pastor at Branches Church in Orange County. And Eric Rose found Jesus here at Mission Church. He was in junior high. And can you show the next slide, please? Does anybody know this guy, Brent Strong? (laughs) Brent Strong invited Eric Rose to church. And this is when this place was a basketball court. And Eric uh, Eric came to play basketball. And then all of a sudden, everybody disappeared. He's like, where'd everybody go? And then they went in the back room and had Bible study. And Eric found Jesus. He went to Point Loma. That's where I met him. And he's been called to serve God. People that you don't even know in this church have been impacted by what the Holy Spirit is doing in this place. And now, because they love God so much, they're in this beautiful, holy relationship. They have been changed, and now they're changing others. Brent Strawn is a professor of Old Testament at Duke School of Divinity. He's one smart dude, I can tell you that. I went to school with him too. And uh, it's so neat to see. Do you guys know Faith Layman and David Goodwin? Faith Layman. And David Goodwin are our own children here there many of you have taught them in Sunday school right you, you, they were in our youth group they grew up they and, and you supported them I'm so excited to see that faith is at Harvest Valley Church I got a chance to talk to her I've not met her in person but we talked on the phone and I wanted to celebrate Faith being called into ministry, saying yes to God because her life has been changed. Now she's changing children's lives. And David, he's down at uh, Central Church of the Nazarene in Kansas City, and, and he's a youth pastor at Central Church. A changed life, changing other people. There's three more people that I want to introduce you to. Next slide, please. Our very own Robert Churchman, Kelly Miller, and Jeff Jimenez. You know what the cool thing about all three of them are? This is the space right here where God called them in to serve him in ministry. And now Robert is our associate pastor serving with the senior adults. Kelly is our director of worship and arts. And Jeff, he leads our a young adult in college Sunday school. Changed people, changing lives. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? Yeah. For the future of the kingdom of God, we should celebrate this. Because that's what we need is for more people to be changed by God so that their lives can change others. Church, I'm so excited for what we're gonna do next. I want to introduce you to a person who has just indicated that they have they, they 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 shared with me that God has been calling. And we met with the church board, and the church board recognizes that call. And today we're going to issue this person a local ministry license. Because he is a changed person who is excited about changing others for the sake of Christ. And uh, Eric McPherson, where are you at? Mission Church, I want you to know that we have a great history of people being called into ministry. Just as Robert and Kelly and Jeff and now Eric, people that are serving in our own staff, have been called. There may be somebody here that is wrestling with the call. And you're thinking, man, I feel like God's calling me. What I'd like to ask is that you authentically love God that you obey Him by saying yes. Obey Him because you love Him, not because you fear Him. And enter into whatever it is that you sense God calling you to. And when the service is done, if, you, if you're questioning that call, is, is this for real? Am, or am I just dreaming this? I'm going to be right here. Just come and talk to me. And we can walk together and journey together and nurture that call because we need more Eric, um, Eric McPherson's and Jeff Meneses. We need more Kelly Miller's and Robert Churchman's. We, we need more Faith Layman's and David Goodwin's. We need a lot more because we have a city out here that needs Jesus. Amen? So, as we, con- as we finish our, our message today. If you sense God calling you, meet me right here. And I'd like to pray with you after the service is done. I'd like to help nurture your call. But I'd like to also remind you, we're all called. Amen. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and just join me in this closing prayer. Father in heaven, help us to live into a relationship that authentically loves you through <coughs> obedience by saying yes, Lord God. Yes to being holy and set apart for whatever it is that you're calling us to. And Lord God, when you change us, and we pray that you change all of us, help us to be agents of your change in this world. And if someone here is, is wrestling with a call and they, they're wondering what to do about it, Lord God, Help clarify that, nurture that, and allow our church, Lord God, to come alongside and, and help them to learn and grow so that we can all live into authentically loving you. In Jesus' name we pray.